Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. It's time to give an offering. Amen. But before we do that, I want to, as I usually do, share with you something connected to prosperity. Amen. And um, today, my little message is on pride and poverty. Pride and poverty. How is it connected? How is pride connected to poverty? Amen. Do you want to know? Are you sure you want to know? Proverbs 16 and verse 18. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So, pride goeth before financial destruction as well. Destruction is destruction. Even if it's financial Destruction. Pride goeth before financial destruction. And a haughty spirit goeth before a fall. All right? So, pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit goes before a fall. So anyone connected to your financial destruction and anyone's financial destruction. So always remember that pride is connected to falling and is connected to destruction. Okay? Now, in a, a, a book that I uh, once had, I think I still have it somewhere, I don't know where it is, but it was called Why the Mighty Fall. It was a, it's not a spiritual book. It was a secular book about uh, great corporations and businesses and why they go down or they went down. Okay? And um, he spoke about different huge companies which are no longer there. And I think you know some big companies which are no longer there. Like which company? In Ghana, GNTC, UTC, huh? Ghana Airways, huh? 
White Chapel. Okay, I don't know White Chapel. No, no, please. Don't do that. Mention something far away. Eh? Multi stores, okay. Kingsway, Kingsway. Okay. And which other businesses? What about international businesses? Do you know of any international businesses that are no longer? Number one, Swiss Air. Swiss Air doesn't exist anymore. Huh? Kodak. Kodak. Okay. Nokia is still a company. <laughs> but it's not so great anymore. Okay. Are you sure? Lehman Brothers. That's not that it is. is a phone company. That is no more there. Okay. All right. And in that book, he, one of the four points, the book had only four points, was hubris born of success. That was the, how they wrote it. Hubris. What is hubris? Check the dictionary. Put it on the screen. Hubris. It's a bluffful teaching. Hubris. Born of success. What is the meaning of hubris? We're waiting for the dictionary. Ah, hubris. Excessive pride. Presumption or arrogance. Yes, hubris. So that's hubris. All right. Excessive pride. That was the point number two or number one in his book. Why the mighty fall. You can, sure you can get a copy of it. Why the mighty fall. Hubris, born of success. That because you were successful, you became proud, excessively proud. All right? And even some banks are no longer exist. I don't know why he didn't mention banks. Internationally, some banks and I think even locally. And we've had different banks no more existing. So, That is a reality. Amen. So pride can cause your financial destruction as well. So how, pastor, tell me how pride, I mean, ask your neighbor, how can pride make me not prosper? Yeah. Huh? Have you thought about it? Now, Humble yourself like a child. Okay? Let me go through some of the points very quickly. Number one, it says, when you are humble like a child, you quickly forgive and forget. Now, when you don't forgive, usually pride causes us also to not forgive. When you don't forgive, God does not answer your prayers. That's why it's important to pray for mercy and forgiveness even for your enemies. I pray for mercy for people that have harmed me. Because it's important 
have been doing, doing so for a long time. Because if God decides not to forgive you, you'll be, not be so happy. And if God decides not to forgive you, because you don't forgive, he will not answer your prayer and your arms and your giving will not work. Number two, when you are humble like a child, you sit down quick, quietly and listen to instructions and teachings. Now, if you are humble like a child, number three, you learn new things. So when you are not humble, you are proud. We'll be teaching about tithing and giving and prosperity. But because you are, hum- you are not humble, you don't sit down and listen. You don't, you don't listen to. That's why when certain people are present, people say, oh, he, he was there. So and so was in the service. This one came. This one was there. Because it's like, at a certain level of greatness, people don't sit down to listen to any teaching about anything anymore. It's like the greater you are, the more you don't sit down and the more you don't listen. But when you are a child. You sit down and you listen. That's why we take them to school. They sit, they listen, sit down quietly. And they tell you a story. Father Christmas came from heaven. He did this. And you, you sit down and you believe it. Because you are a child. So when you are no more a child. And therefore you are not humble. No matter what they say about sowing a seed. No matter what they say about giving. No matter what they say about finances. It, you don't believe it. And you don't obey it. I remember a brother who said, when we talked about tithe, he said, do you know how much I earn? He asked me, do you know how much I earn? They were quiet. Then he said, I don't earn CDs, I earn dollars. We were even more quiet. <laughs> In those days, we, 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 we knew few people who earned dollars. So when he said he earned dollars, do you know how much I earned? But nobody has asked that question before. We were just quiet. Oh, yes. It was when he became sick to the point of death. Because sickness humbles you. Anybody who is not well will be more humble. When he became sick, he decided to pay tithes. When the doctor gave him a time to die. It's not always you go to the hospital, the doctor will tell you you are going to die. But in this case, they told him, this is what it means. He decided to pay tithes. I was in the office when he came with an envelope. And he said, I came to pay my tithe today. And I want you to see that I am here to pay my tithe. All my stories are true. I'm not telling you a fairy tale. I'm telling you a real story. I'm telling you a story of somebody who said, do you know how much I earn? I'm saying that pride will prevent you from listening and learning something new that you don't really know. But when humility comes, that's when you realize that, 
No matter who you are, no matter what you have, if God doesn't allow you to continue living this year, you will not live on this year. And that's where God comes in. And that's where tithing and paying tithes and honoring God with your tithe becomes important. So pride goes before distraction, financial distraction as well. You never, never do well financially if you don't listen to instructions. Yeah. To give, to tithe, about frugality, about how to live. Because the Holy Spirit whispered into my heart, pride and poverty. I said, pride and poverty, what is the connection? As I started to look through my book on humility or those who are proud, I realized that almost every chapter relates to poverty coming to, you, to your life. Even the word pride comes before a fall or pride goes before destruction. It must also have some financial implications in it. Even the chapter which says, mind not high things, Romans 12, 16. Mind not high things. Where your mind is on high things. Oh, where did you buy your suit? Where do you get your shoes? Where did you do your hair? Where are you traveling to? Where do your children go to school? As your children pass through the most expensive schools and end up in the same place. Eh? Are you listening to my question? My point. As your children pass through the most expensive schools which charge outrageous or not, not outrageous, I'm sure it's for what they do, but they charge so much. I know a school which charges about 150,000 CDs to 200,000 CDs for one year to do O level and A level. We have a school, you don't have to pay that to go to our school, but normal school fees will be 2,000 or something. Oh yes. So as your child passes through the most expensive schools and ends up like all of us (laughs) eh? Same whatever. I don't understand it, but it only drains money from your life. Oh, yes. High things. Mind not high things. Mind not high things. One brother said to me, I don't want my child to grow up in Africa. So I asked him, where did you grow up? Tapradi. I said, I don't understand you. But minding high things, eh, it leads to poverty. Eh. I will only drive a German car. There are some of you, eh, if even somebody dashes you a Mercedes Benz, you should know that you can't operate it. Because if it even gets a puncture, You'll be surprised at what will happen to you. <laughs> the potholes in your area are not good for such cars. It's 
too low. You see, in Germany, there are no speed limits. On their autobahn, there's no speed limits. And the car is low and flat and stable. You know, a brother was telling me once, he used to live in Switzerland and work in Germany. And he drives to work on Monday. And he, he, he was going, I don't know the distance, but it was a few hundred kilometers. He said, he said I drive 240. 240 kilometers per hour. <laughs> oh, yes. He told me himself. I said, my brother, it's not allowed in our church to, to drive like that. But he said, I have to get to work. And I live here and I work there. And the car is flat. There's nothing like speed. You see a sign. No speed limit. Because they are the ones who make those fast cars. They have to have somewhere to use it. Two hundred two forty. I said, "Are you not a person?" No, because you don't feel it. The, the road is flat. They use a measurement to make the road flat. That is, and the car is stable. Two forty. Have you seen it on your dial before? It goes up to there, but it's like normally you, your car will not get there. But uh, You say you, you cannot drive a Korean car or a Chinese car. Mind not high things. For you realize your poverty is huge. Your poverty is what? Your poverty is what? Huge. So pride causes poverty. Pride is connected to financial destruction. Put my scripture back there. Uh, Proverbs 16 Pride goeth before destruction So today humble yourself Humble yourself and become a tithe I don't say, Oh me, I don't pay, I don't pay tithe I know more than whatever to, than to pay tithe One brother became proud because he visited the pastor at home And when he visited the pastor And he came out of the pastor's house He said, what? When I went to the house, I saw a lot of gadgets. In those days. And he said, can you believe there was even a satellite dish? Those days, satellite dishes were not as common as they are now. There was a satellite dish in the house. And he said, I will never pay tithe again because I've seen my tithe is being used to buy gadgets for this man of God. It was a mistake to allow him to come to the house. How many agree? Those of you who want to go to the pastor's house to wash his things and iron for him. So that when you finish ironing, you'll be criticizing him and in his house. You are not welcome. Anybody who is close to a pastor, you must be careful. Lest your closeness leads you to become a Judas. You can never be Judas unless you are close. Anybody who is close, always be careful. Say, Lord, when you bath, wash off Judas' skin from your life. Because closeness is a qualification to become Judas. You have to be close to be Judas. If you are not close, you can never be Judas. You can be something else. Maybe Demas or 
Pontius Pilate or some other person. But for Judas, to qualify for Judas, you have to be close. If you are not close, you cannot be Judas. Yeah. So as soon as you are a close person, you must always, when you bath, no, Judas, you are off. You are off in Jesus' name. Tell your neighbor, you can never be Judas. Ah, 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 ah. Amen. How many are going to zoom out of poverty today in the name of Jesus? Oh, yes. When a preaching comes, you, you receive it like a humble child. Oh, I believe. I receive it. When I sow, I will, I will reap. When I give, it shall be given to me. One day I heard Bishop Oedipo say something and it struck me. I know there are some words that go into your heart. He said, whenever there is anything happening in the church, he he will never hold back. I never hold back. And I thought about it. What it means is that maybe today they say they are giving something to prisoners. I'll never hold back. Today they say they are building uh, 240 church in the I never hold back tomorrow they say they are doing this and that I never hold back he said I never hold back anything that is happening whatever is going on I never hold back and I learned something from that have in your mind and in your heart to be someone who will never hold back whatever is going on don't hold back learn to be part of it to join to give to help to support always when the opportunity comes and it will be a blessing to you and to your family. Thank God for generous families. And you are now included in the generous families of God. You are included in those whose arms are open and who give freely. And God will bless you as you give in Jesus' name. Amen. Take your offering out. Take your offering out. And your tithe, everything in one, all in one. Your tithe, your offering, your generous gift. Give and it shall be given unto you as we sing in the song. Give your offering and your tithe to the Lord. Is it not a song like that? Yeah. I can't sing it exactly the right way, but I know there's a song like that. (laughs) The words are similar, isn't it? I wrote the song, you may not know. Those who are laughing at me. (laughs) Are you taking out your offering? Tell your neighbor, me, I'll never hold back. Or even if when I don't have money, I'll, I'll never hold back. Whatever is happening, I'll, I'll be part of it. I don't hold back. Amen. I'm not holding back. I'm not holding back. Somebody is going to receive a beloved as a result of today's offering. Yeah. Imagine the value of a beloved. If I give you 5,000, can you get a beloved? Can I make somebody love you if I give him 10,000 CDs? No. So it is priceless. It is beyond value. So when I say that somebody is getting a beloved, ah, all you need to do, let the church say. Let the church say. Let the church say. Amen and 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 amen. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, is it you that is getting the beloved? Now somebody else is getting a pipeline. That's also a priceless. 
gift. Priceless gift. Receive pipelines and receive beloveds. And somebody's actually getting married also. Wow. What a blessing. Lift up your offering. Let me pray. Please, you can give uh, with Momo. All right. Eleven is starting. Is it today? We don't mind. We are not affected by any of those things. Okay, don't worry. Those of you watching online, you can give um, in the same way. There are many ways to give. Join, and I know God is going to bless you. As you watch, you are being blessed at home. It's like you are having church. By the way, don't eat whilst we are having church. After church, then you eat. Amen. And God is going to bless you financially also as you give. In Jesus' name. Amen. So everyone take your offering out and let's pray. Father, bless everyone who is giving today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.
simple things in life and today his word is here for you to speak to you to touch you it's time for the word of God oh I didn't hear you it's time to hear what God has to say to you amen how many of you believe that nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God I've been a pastor in this church for about almost eight years now and I've heard people coming to the prophetic encounter services. Some of them are sick and they take a sip of the communion at the end of the service and God touches their body and they are completely healed. I've heard people who came here hopeless, in depression, wanting to end their lives. And during the word, while the word of God was coming, the anointing touches them and the spirit of heaviness lifts and the Lord puts on them a garment of praise. I've heard people coming here with financial difficulty and as the prophet ministers, they receive a text or a phone call in the service and God does what no man can do in their circumstance and in their life. I've seen people who were struggling to get married and then after church they went to get something to eat on the car park 
and the Lord moved in their lives and today they are married with children I've seen students who are about to drop out of school with no hope and results that insult to their parents and after a church service there's a turn around in their results in their school and their education what I'm trying to share with you is that the church we go to is a church of miracles this is a place where God is I don't know what you're expecting I don't know which burden you came with today but I'm announcing to you that there is nothing at all on this earth that is impossible when you put your trust in God there is nothing that God cannot do whatever you came with today the Lord himself has a word for you let's sing it together it's impossible when you put your trust in God come on everyone lift your voices and sing continue a little on the subject I was sharing with last week Lord I know you need somebody Amen Everybody say Lord I know you need somebody Amen Lord I know you need somebody Hallelujah If there was ever any message that I believe I have to share with people is this message that God needs somebody, somebody to do something for him. In Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 13. 
It says, I sought for a man. I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. So God is seeking for somebody. But this verse says, I sought for a man. Amen. Not even I sought for a good man. Or I sought for a nice man. Or I sought for a perfect man. But I sought for a man. Someone who would make up the hedge. What it means is that the hedge has a gap. So the person would stand in the middle and he would be part of the hedge. Part of the protection. The person himself will be part of the the hedge. And stand, he will stand in the gap of the hedge. The hedge is up to here and up to here. And you, you also stand in it. Okay, I'm the hedge. Come. So, this is a very, very important message for every level of Christian. You see, what has kept me being a Christian? Is this truth that God wants people? You know, I am not, I am religion, pure religion. Do you see the way religion is practiced? It's boring to me. You know, I can't lie to you. When, before I was a Christian, when I say Christian, I mean a born-again Christian. We used to go to church. My parents had me going to church. And uh, there were hymns and all the things. And in, our, in the church that I went to, I don't know if you had it or you've seen it before. There's a little wooden thing with the numbers of the hymns we are going to sing today. Have you seen that thing? First hymn, four, one, six, second hymn this like that and I used to use that as a kind of timer to see where we are in the service and pure church services like that alright traditional church services were boring to me because they were meaningless to me I'm not saying that they are meaningless but to me they were meaningless you get it the hymns were songs we had to learn and come and say oh, da, 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 da. it was but up till today I don't like I don't know hymns and I don't really like them. They remind me of funerals. That's the truth. I know Jesus also sang hymns. There's nothing wrong with him. Hymns are the words are beautiful, but it was meaningless to me. It was more like a ritual that we had to go sit down. And I'm not that type of person. Rituals and going through ceremonies and so on. I don't like those things. I'm not a ceremonial type. Oh yes. <laughs> so joining the church. And just sitting in church. So you just go through the rituals. You sing this hymn. Four verses. 
This one, and they have a way. Him four one two, first and last. They'll say it. Him four one two, first and last, which means first him and first verse and last verse. First and, they, they say it in a way. Him two one two, first and last. Then they start. First stanza and the last. And that was my favorite priest, the one who said first and last. Ah. That means that thing is going to be shorter. Hallelujah. So unfortunately, that version of Christianity was the only version we had when I was in secondary school. It was a very rare thing to have a charismatic church. The charismatic churches came up after. So it was lifeless. And honestly, it's not going to be easy to just go through some rituals. Every Sunday you come to church, sing these four, three fast songs, four slow songs, three fast songs, take one offering, short sermon, and then um, two fast, two more fast songs, and then offering, and then closing prayer benediction, and recite some prayers. Have you ever listened to some of the priests reading their prayers? They are so powerful and meaningful, but it was meaningless to me at the time. Now, this when I when they are reading the prayer. Even yesterday, I was somewhere and they were by the graves that they were reading. I would say, "Oh, this is a very beautiful prayer, very very meaningful." I wish I could. Have, I wish I could get the man's book from him. Oh yes, but I'm just saying that boring ritualistic Christianity is boring to me even young blooded people now in the in the days of Israel when Israel was under the kings right they also had this problem and the problem they had was that people didn't want to really serve God they rather serve Baal and Ashtoreth. Ashtoreth was one of the gods. It's actually a demon. Yeah. Now, I've always wondered why, and you would go and you'd find the house of Baal was full. The worshippers, even the day that Jehu killed them all, he asked for all worshippers of Baal to come, and the whole hall was full. Yeah. Now I've always wondered that what is the struggle between Jehovah and Baal and Ashtoreth? Why were people attending Baal in the first? I mean, we have a, a living God who has brought us to the Red Sea and all that. Why would you need Baal? But there, there's a reason. How many want to know why Baal was interesting to people? Because the 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 God called Baal, had temple prostitutes. Do you see? Who were part of the worship. The worship included these young ladies who were in the temple to service the worshippers. <laughs> Just like how we have ministries in church, these Worship, these were part of it, and it was part 
of the worship. Yes. So if you are a normal man in Israel and there is Jehovah with their singing hymns and other things and then there is Baal with these sizing ladies to furnish and service the worshippers and they had rooms. You can understand why more people were attending Baal and Ashtoreth. Oh yes. Because it was a very there were other benefits. Yes. And Jezebel, you remember Jezebel? Oh yes. Jezebel was a queen who is a spirit. She was religious in Revelation chapter 2. It talks about Jezebel. Jezebel appears again. And Jezebel is teaching, is a prophetess. So as part of the religion, she teaches them to commit fornication. Remember, she calls herself a prophetess. So she's religious. Do you see? And she, remember, was the key person involved in the worship of Baal. Remember, Elijah killed 400 prophets of Baal, and because of that, Jezebel decided to chase him and kill him. And this is just, look at it, Jezebel. She's a prophet. It's not she seemed to, like, there was a religion of that sort. And she teaches fornication. So you go and then they educate, they show you what it's about. Oh, yes, what a church service. Can you imagine? This is the teaching. So when you go there, that's the teaching. And for any young person, such teaching of how to listen. She teaches myself and seduces them. So as she's doing, there's some sexy feeling as part of the church service. You, you can't believe it, but you see, this is the reason why people were attending this place. The Baal Church, Ashtoreth and Baal. Yeah, it's attractive. Because a young person cannot be fixated by rituals. We are full of hot blood and energy, energy. Few people have not done bad things when they were young. That's why the Bible says, forgive me for the sins of my youth. It's a, it's a verse in the, in the Bible. The sins of my youth. Oh, yes. Remember not the sins of my youth. This is David. So, when I talk about, Lord, I know you need somebody. It's for you to know that as soon as you step in church... God is recruiting you and your energy. He's not leaving you and your big energy that you have. How many have energy? Hey! He's recruiting you and your energy. Your life. The breath that you have. The strength that you have. He's recruiting you to join his army. To get involved and exert and spend and expend your life and your energy 
on his and on him and on his work. Rather than just being there, your energy is just freestanding energy moving around, okay? And you come and do these five rituals, three slow songs, four fast songs, one offering, two offerings, one short sermon, and a closing hymn, and then you are out of there, please. It cannot keep you on track. That's why most people backslide. Most people backslide. Especially when you are young and you are freely available. Yes, freely available. Ready to pearl. <laughs> How many were pearled when you were ready to pearl? Listen, that is why you must believe this simple message. Lord, I know you need somebody. I know you and and your answer must be, Lord, you can depend on me. I'm available. I'm available. I became a pastor, I was 25 years old. I started working for God, I was 16 years old. Yes, I gave my life to Christ, I was 16. Full of energy. Full of a drive. I've always had a drive. I've always had a drive. But it, there are some things you cannot stop. You have to direct. Like a river. You can't stop a river. It will, it will be a dam and there will always be pressure. That's how come we get electricity. You can't stop it. You can only direct. You say, go to the right, go to the right, go to the right. When they are building a dam, they divert the river. Go around this way, go around this way. When they finish, then they let it come back. Then a dam is formed. Yeah. You have to give your life and your energy at the youngest possible age to God. If you think, even when you do that, it's not easy to stay and remain a Christian. Yeah. People think that we are bored, but we are not bored at all. Are you bored? Not at all. Not at all. And if you don't take care and your religion does not include serving God, your religion will not be strong enough to maintain a hold. That's why you come to church and the whole church is full of young people. And you ask yourself that, are all the young people here pretending to be, to be here or pretending to be happy? We are not pretending to be happy. Everybody is free. You can be here if you want. You can leave if you want. Yes. You don't have to stay here at all. The song Waba Wabie, it was not composed by me. There was somebody in the church who composed the song that Manele Waba Wabie. We are sleeping here today. We are sleeping here today. We know what we want. The second verse says, We know what we want. The first verse says, Waba Wabie, which means we shall sleep here. And the second verse says, We know what we want. We know what we want. So I want to encourage you to believe. I, I, I want you to believe that God wants you and God likes you. Yes. One day a brother came to see me. He had a job from the bank. And the bank wanted him to work for him. Wanted him to work for the bank. And I said, Okay, it's a blessing. But my heart was broken because 
I felt that God also wanted him. So it was between the bank or God. But the bank won. (laughs) Who is winning in your life? Who is winning in your life? What is battling for your energy? Oh yes. Have you ever heard that scripture which says, flee youthful lusts. There are things that you do only because you are young. As you get older, your sins are more things like depression and discouragement and those type of things. But when you are younger, there's a lot of energy. You see the people who shout when I'm preaching, it is energy in in them. They are members of the shouting stars. They are the members of the shouting stars. Old people's church, you don't have such things here. And I don't see why not. Oh, yes. Now, Today I'm just not really preaching much, just a short message. Number eight. Give me one of the books, uh, Zoe. Give me one of the books. Lord, I know you need somebody who, this is number eight. I gave you up to seven last week. So today I give you just one or two. Lord, I know you need somebody who will deliver people from the devil who wants to rip their soul in pieces. Hmm. He wants to do what? Rip their soul, the soul of a person in pieces. Yes. This is the book. Lord, I know you need somebody. How many want one of these books? We are launching it today. Amen. Now, Psalm 7 verse 1. Oh Lord my God, in thee do I put my trust. Save me from all them that persecute me. And deliver me. Lest he tear my soul like a lion. Rending it in pieces. While there is none to deliver. Well, lest he do what? He tear my soul like a lion. You see, the devil is ready to tear people's souls. Your soul speaks of your emotions. Do you see? Your emotions. Your will. Your feelings. And Satan is ready to play with your emotions until... There is nothing left of you. So Lord, I know you need somebody who will help the people whose souls are ripped by the lion. Look at the scripture. Lest he tear my soul like a lion, rending it in pieces. That's what the devil does. He takes our wills and our emotions. Young girls' souls are torn in pieces. 
you meet a man or a boy who says, I need you, baby. And you actually believe that he needs you. You actually believe that he needs you. But as soon as you are a little mature, you will not believe that he needs you. When he says, I need you, you know that it's not true. How does he need you? How can he need you? How does he need you? Well, 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 I mean, he, he has been in the world without you all these years. Now, how does he need you for what? How? As your neighbor, I mean, how can he, how can he need you? Nothing like that. They can never need you. But a young girl's soul will be ripped into pieces. Yeah. Tears on my pillow. Pain in my heart. Uh, come on, stay because you need to sing some of these songs. Tears on my pillow. Pain in my heart. And you see people's pillows are wet as if the weather is hot and they are sweating. But it is tears, not sweat. Air conditioner can never dry the pillow. Sing that part. Oh my heart. It's been broken so many times by so many things. So many times by so many things. But Jesus healed me time and time and time again. Time and time again. When I had tears on my pillow and pain in my heart, Jesus healed. Sing it again, sing it again. Oh, my heart. Ah, 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 my heart. My tender heart. It's been broken so many times by so many things. Yet Jesus healed me time and time and time again. One day a young lady told me, she said, you are a man of knowledge without experience. She told me, I was a pastor, she told me, you are a man of knowledge without experience. She said, the broken heart that I have experienced, the pain in my heart and the tears on my pillow, you don't know anything about it. You are a man of knowledge without experience. somebody who will talk to the young children you see even if you have been through one before you see that you talk differently oh yes somebody like reverend is to you know his children died 
The kind of scriptures that he sent to me and to my wife, nobody sends such scriptures. I don't even want to tell you the scripture that he's been sending. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And he's speaking out of experience. He's not a man of knowledge without experience. <laughs> oh, yes. So maybe you are so young, but there's always somebody younger than you. One of my greatest shocks in life has been to find out that my lecturers are not so much older than I, I am. You know, I was with someone recently, he was asking me about one of my lectures. He said, is he not dead? I said, he's not dead. So I thought he's dead. He's not dead. He's not dead. He's not so old. I said, ah, I thought he was dead. You see, <laughs> people think they are so old. But when you grow, you find out that the person who can teach you, sometimes just five years or maybe eight years or just a little. But because you were the student, it looks so big to you. But when you grow, you realize that it's not so much older. You don't need to be so much older before you can help somebody. You don't need to be so much older before you can help somebody. Especially if you have the word of God in you. Amen. Number nine. Lord, I know you need somebody who will deliver the people from trouble. Psalm 22, verse 11. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. There's none to do what? Help. Psalm 22 and verse 11. Many bulls have compassed me, strong bulls of Bashan have been beset me around. They gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and a roaring lion. God is looking for someone to help. Verse 11 says, They be not far from me, for trouble is near. Trouble. There's trouble in this world. And God is looking for somebody who will help people in trouble. Oh, but... Pastor, I don't know much, many verses in the Bible. Now, you may not know many verses in the Bible, but your willingness and your presence. I experienced something when my son passed away. I noticed the people who came and those who didn't come. I noticed it. it, you, it you never know that you will notice it, but you notice it. They didn't do anything. They didn't give anything. They didn't even say anything. But you notice that they came or they didn't come. You just notice. And you see, God has people, if you give yourself to work for the Lord and join the army of the Lord. We have people in the church whose work is even to go and just be there. Not to do anything or say anything. Not too many things to say all the time. But you notice those who are there in time of trouble. When uh, uh, September 11 happened, all those troubles, they expect the president to be there. They expect you to be there in the midst of the things. They expect you to be there. 
So God is looking for people who are ready to work. Not ready to come and sing three fast songs, slow, three slow songs, three fast songs, one offering, one sermon for 20 minutes, and then three, another three fast songs, another offering, and then we've closed. It's a boring ritual. You'll be tired of it soon. But if you are part of church and part of Christianity, I can guarantee what to let you be around in 20 years from now. It will be if you give yourself to his work uh, and you join in and you listen carefully to this message. Lord, I know you need somebody, somebody who will say, yes, Lord, you can depend on me. And it is because of the few people who have said yes. It's because of those people that we even have a lot of certain good things going on. Out of my class, 55 of us, 55 of us graduated or finished in that year. 55 of us. I don't know how many are pastors. Everybody is doing something great. But Lord, I know you need one of them. And I said, yes, Lord, you can depend on me. In 1989, I said, yes, there was nothing. I didn't know that. I didn't even know what is Lighthouse. Our church wasn't even called Lighthouse Chapel International. I didn't know First Love Church. I didn't know anything. You don't have to know what is going to come out of your willingness and your obedience. All you have to do is to say, Lord, I know you need somebody. You can depend on me. Whatever you want me to say or do, I'll be happy to do. I can give this fine. I, don't, I have this fine. I can say this fine. Is there, is there anything I can do? Is there anything? There is. There is. There is. Sisters, thank God for your lives. Thank God for your lives. You never know what a good girl is till you meet a bad girl. I'm coming down. Let me tell you something. I say, you never know what is a good girl till you meet a bad girl. Yeah. Just being a good girl to someone just even a year younger than you or even your age can change somebody's life. I met a good girl. Her name was Betty. I met her in school. What a blessing. She was just a year, two, two years ahead of me. Oh, yes. She taught me, read your Bible. She took me, she took me, she took me to action. Yeah. Instead of a nightclub. Yes. She, she, she taught me how to read the, my first Bible. She taught, she was, she was there, I got it. NASB, that's why I like that version. NASB, that was my first Bible, New Testament. She showed me, open here. Then she gave me daily bread, open. Open daily bread, open here. Read this, read this. You understand it. That's how to have your quiet time. She, she practically did it in, with me. And from then I started to have my quiet time. Oh yes. You never know 
the effect of being just a good person in relation to someone your age. I met another brother. I actually, actually met a, a nana. He met a lady, a sister, and the lady's house was near where he passes to go to school. And the lady said, oh, he can come to her house. (laughs) (laughs) Whilst he was in the house, when he was passing by, in his school uniform, as he was passing by, and he came, she gave him food and whatever, and then one day, she came out of the bathroom. He, 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 the, boy, the brother told me, he said that I collapsed. He, he said, I, I fainted. Oh, yeah. That was the end of him. You see, that was the what? The end of He explained to me, this is how I learned to fornicate. Because he's struggling up till today to stop fornicating. He cannot stop it. He said, what the lady taught me. A, a grown-up, oh yes, to a young boy. Change, he's changed. He's, he's, his life changed. Even how to marry, you can't. Because you marry one person, you need others. I've met a number of young men like that. A number. That is how they learned all these things. Pray that you meet just a good girl. Lord, I know you need somebody. Who will be there when there is trouble? Who will be there when the soul of the person is ripped apart? Who will be there to help, not to destroy? I said, you don't know what to say. You are not spiritual, but you can be a good person. Your brother told me, I faint, I collapsed. I fainted. Oh, yes. That's why I have Betty's picture in my office. Because I, God bless her. What she did for me. And she taught me all the Christians. She took me to uh, SU. She took me to uh, Christopher's all night. Reverend, uh, is it Abbey, not Abbey, uh, the one who died. There was an all night every 31st. There was no churches with all nights. But there was a man of God who was doing an all night at the art center. She said, let's go, 31st night. I told my mother, my father, I want to go. She said, what are you going to do? 31st night. Whilst we were there, that was when 31st revolution happened. In the all night. Oh, yes. All these things. Somebody will take you for the first time. Lord, I know you need somebody. Lord, I know you need somebody. Lord, I know you need somebody. You can depend on me. Sing that part for me. I know you need somebody. I know you need somebody. Mm. You've got to have somebody, Lord. You can depend on me. You can depend on me, Jesus. You can depend on me, Jesus. I know you So 
message I tell you I can preach it all my life oh yes I'm trying to persuade people to serve God yeah yeah take your life out of your self-centeredness and be a blessing to somebody Lord I know you need somebody one day somebody asked me where do you get all these people you have a lot of people talented people where do you get all these people? Where do you get all these people? They are right there. When you lift up your eyes and you start helping, you'll find all kinds of people able to do all kinds of things. Lord, I know you need somebody. Number 10, I know you need somebody who will comfort and take pity on the broken heart. Broken hearted people. Psalm 69. Reproach has broken my heart. I'm full of heaviness. I looked for some to take pity, but there was none. And for comforters, but I found none. I look for what? Comforters. I look for comforters, somebody to take pity. Very rarely can you find. My son's passing away. People see it even as a program. They see it as a program that we are coming for. Yes. Pity or even understanding what is going on. It's not easy even to easy to get somebody who even pities or even has understanding. It's wonderful. And not just myself, but everybody in this world. You see, one day I was in I was in Malaysia, in Kuala Lumpur. And then it was uh, Mother's Day. Then, the pastor's wife, the pastor brought uh, a, a special mug, a big mug for drinking coffee. And they had written on it something about mothers. And they brought several. They said, everybody who is a mother, stand up, we want to give you one. So, a lot of the ladies stood up. 
Then I look around. You know, immediately when she said that, my mind went to those who are not mothers. So I looked around and I saw some ladies sitting down. And when they were giving the mark, they were just passing it. Yeah, take the pass behind them. It's like my heart. I felt for them. You know. Then after we went, uh, then I think I don't know whether it was my wife or whoever mentioned to the lady that I was thinking about those who did, who were not mothers. Then the lady, the lady pastors who have said, "Your your dad has a." Soft heart, huh? He's thinking about the people who don't have babies. Yes, I was. I was. I was. I have that heart. But no, my people don't even know. Somebody said I don't have a child or somebody doesn't have a... You don't know what this person is experiencing. The Bible says that God was looking for somebody who would show pity. But there was nobody who seemed to really understand. Oh, yes. One day, somebody was uh, trying to be pregnant. And uh, we thought it was a pregnancy, but then it changed. So the person brought me the test. Then it was that the test was negative. As I was holding the test, I started crying. I couldn't control myself. I just burst out crying. You see, maybe God wanted me to just cry. I cried and cried and wept. Maybe God wanted me to show pity that even God's heart towards the person, whatever it is that is not working. Oh, yes. You see, most people don't understand things till you've seen one. But you don't have to see one before you understand is there anybody to show pity? That's, that's even just one of the works of God. The Bible says Jesus had compassion. He just pitied the people. God is looking for somebody to have compassion. Oh, yes. Are you listening? You're very quiet. Lord I know you need somebody who will have pity number 11 Lord I know you need somebody who will deliver the needy and the poor Psalm 72 says he shall deliver the needy when he crieth and the poor also and him that has no helper number 12 Lord I know you need somebody who will deliver those who sit in darkness Psalm 107 verse 10 such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death Anybody who's experiencing death is sitting in the feeling or the environment or the atmosphere of death. Not a small atmosphere to be in. Not a small atmosphere. The shadow of death. The shadow of death. So I walk to the value of the shadow of death. This scripture says, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and in iron, who will sit down with people in the shadow of their death. You, you, even, you, you want to change something, you cannot, but you can be there. Who will be involved in his work, any work at all. And you must, you must agree with God today. You must agree with God today. 
Not just to come and go through three fast songs and three slow songs and share the grace at the end, but be somebody who has joined in to participate in God's work. There's room at the cross. I, I, I was preaching in the first service today. The rising stars. I was telling them. I was telling them a scripture that helped me all my life. As I see them, I say, no. God help these little ones. I showed them a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 12. That all things are lawful, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful, but I will not be brought under the power of anything. I told them that there is no problem that you have as a grown-up that they didn't start when you were young. And whatever you start as a young person, it follows you like a snake that has attached itself to you all through your life. God is looking for somebody who talked to the secondary school students. I want to be one of those people. How many want to be one of those who will be there? Lord, I know you need somebody. As for me, ritualistic Christianity, it doesn't attract me at all. And that is why today, when even they start singing hymns, I just, I just quiet, I just waiting for them to finish. The shadow of death. Number 13. Lord, I know you need somebody who will be a refuge to those escaping the snare of the devil. Oh, you are going to escape through somebody's intervention. Psalm 142 verse 4, it says, I looked on my right hand and beheld and there was no man that would know refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. We need people who care. Oh, yes. Lord, I know you need somebody who will comfort the weak and oppressed. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 1. Oppression. So I returned and saw the tears of the oppressed and those that had no one to comfort them. Amen. And on the side of the oppressors, there was power. On the side of the oppressors, there was power. But they had no comfort. No one to help people that are oppressed of devils. Devils pressurizing you. Pressurizing your life. In the furthest corner of this church, upstairs, wherever you are, listen carefully. If you give yourself to God's work, you'll be surprised how your personal problems get solved. That's how it it is. There's nobody here who's sitting here without some kind of a problem. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. And even you don't know the next problem that's going to arise from next week. Yeah. But in spite of your problems, as you give yourself to do something for the Lord, you'll be surprised. What a blessing. When I see all the young people singing in the choir, I thank God. Such a blessing. Keep singing. Keep singing. Keep serving the Lord. God is going to bless you. Stand to your feet, everybody.
the whole message is in a book. We'll be launching it in a minute. Lord, I know you need somebody. How many are ready to say, Lord, I know you need somebody. Take my life. Take my life. Let it be consecrated to you. I'm willing to do something for you and to serve you. Thank you, Father.
we know you need somebody. You can depend on all of us to do something for your kingdom. Thank you. We pray this and I pray on behalf of everybody. And I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, if you are here today and want to be born again, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, pastor, pray with me. I, I want to know God. I want Jesus to save my life, change my life today. Then raise up your right hand like this, just like this, and I'm going to pray with you. God bless you. You want to give your life to God. You want to give your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe somebody invited you, but today you want to give your heart to Jesus Christ. And lift your hands up like this. God bless you. If you have done that, you lift your hand, you want to be born again, you want to give your life to Jesus, come to me from where you are standing. Just come all the way to the front. Take my life. Take my life. You are, you are saying, take my life. You are saying, take my life as I give my life to Jesus. Lord, take my life. Lord, take my life. Lord, take my life. Come. Come. I want to pray with you. Come. Come and stand here. I'm going to pray with you. Come on, God bless you. Consecrated Lord to thee. All my days I give to thee. Oh, to love Lord is the great command. Lord, I want to love you more. Fall in love with you so deeply. Not show me how. join in please everybody pray together we are all praying together say Lord Jesus please forgive me for my sins I give my heart to Jesus Christ take my life say Jesus take my life take my life from today I give my life to you Jesus thank you save me change me Wash me with the blood of Jesus. Today, I am born again. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let's all lift our hands together again. Say after me, everyone. Take my life. Lord Jesus, I know you need somebody. Today, I give my life. I give my heart. I give myself to serve you. Thank you. Thank you, Father, Lord. Receive me. Use me. Take my life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Please look to the side here. Follow this pastor who is holding this big sign. Follow me. Follow the follow me. God bless you. You may be seated. It's time for Holy Communion. John chapter 6 and verse 50. Lift up your holy bread. Listen, in, Ex in the Bible it says that they are, their foot did not swell. 
the the arraignment if you read from verse 2 they went through the wilderness amen are you there for 40 years verse 3 he, he never suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna he fed thee with what manna which your father didn't know what it was that you may know that man does not live by bread alone but everywhere that proceeds that manna was something special then verse 4 their raiment waxed not old neither did their foot swell how many have ever seen your foot got swollen before or even both feet it's, you see it's a symptom that when you see it's alarming it's very alarming to see your feet swelling I've seen it before and I became alarmed when I saw my foot swell I remember this verse I said hey it's a great blessing for your foot not to get swollen swollen <laughs> the things in the bible are wild though. they are wild take your bread John 6 50 this is the bread which came from heaven which a man should eat and not die father thank you as we take this holy communion and those watching online also with us online take the bread at home and let us eat and not die father thank you for power that is real through the holy communion receive healing the manna that comes from heaven eat and you shall not die whatever brings death is delayed because of this bread the body of Jesus Christ take the wine whatever mistake you've made how many have made a mistake before let me give you a master key Jesus, the bible says if you confess you'll be forgiven may this blood wash away all your sins that you have confessed may you be forgiven for your mistake and your sin and those of us with us online or on television may your sins be washed away as we partake of this holy wine the blood may your sins be cleansed ah may they not be remembered may the sins of your youth be washed away through the blood of Jesus Christ savior of the world the blood of Jesus Christ Lift your hands, receive your blessing. May the blessing of the Lord rest upon you. May you live your full life. Full life. May your foot not swell. May no terrible diagnosis or disease be mentioned about you or concerning you throughout your life. May your days be extended and prolonged. 
receive long life receive grace receive help from God may the Lord forgive you for every mistake that shortens life and every mistake that reduces your days receive forgiveness receive healing receive correction of anything that is not correct in your body and in your life in the name of Jesus may your relationship with your fathers be restored and corrected in every way in the name of Jesus Christ let every dishonor and disrespect be taken out of your life and the curses that it brings receive a correction in every relationship that brings danger into your life receive a blessing from God now anyone that's fully with God anyone that is fully with God today is the end of fooling the end of nonsense the end of fooling with God receive the power to be healed of every deviation every error every sin and every nonsense of your life in the name of Jesus of Nazareth and everyone said amen and amen now lift your two hands and say I am blessed receive blessings receive life receive healing receive miracles receive the power of God in the name of Jesus and let me hear your loudest amen God bless you you may be seated God bless you for listening to this message visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages information on upcoming events and so much more Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.